I'm Brett Chang, and this is your Peak Daily for Wednesday, April 20th, where we cover the biggest stories in Canadian and global business, finance, and tech, all in about seven minutes. Peak Pals, I've got a fun new social app to let you in on. It's called Be Real. And it hasn't gotten super big in Canada yet, but it's huge in the U.S. Downloads have grown by at least 315%. This is according to data from Apptopia. So it's definitely something you want to keep your eye on. Now, let me tell you how it works. So once a day with the Be Real app, B-E-R-E-A-L, one word, once a day you get a notification from the app. and It tells you it's time to post your Be Real for the day and you have two minutes to do it. Now, your friends are also supposed, supposed to get notifications around the same time of the day. And so you open up the app when you get the notification and you just take a picture from the front of your camera and the back of your camera about what you look like and what you're doing. And it's supposed to be a, a picture of your real life. That's the idea. They kind of call it the anti-social network and that it's a social network, but it doesn't want to be artificial. It wants to be real. And so anyways, it's just a super cool new app. Uh, it's probably going to get really big here. And so you heard it on the Peak Daily first and maybe worth checking out. It's called Be Real. Uh, give it a look. Now we've got some great stories for you on today's Peak Daily. For our first story, blind bids. For our second story, struggling streamers. And for our third story, no cella. For our first story, the Canadian Real Estate Association and the Toronto and Vancouver Real Estate Boards are gearing up to fight a proposed ban on blind bidding for houses, which keeps potential home buyers in the dark about other bids on a property. If you've ever bought a home, you know that this is a big deal and you've probably gone through the experience where you've gotten into a bit of a bidding war and you submit your bid, but you have no idea how much other people are bidding for. And in some cases, your bid that might be successful could be hundreds of thousands of dollars more than the nearest bid to you. And you just got, uh, I guess, as they say, ripped off. So this is all a very big deal. And let me give you some context on what's happening. So as part of the federal budget announced earlier this month, the government announced the measure as one that could help bring down soaring home prices. But some of the industry argue that the measure will only take away the rights from sellers. Now, real estate laws are also governed at the provincial level, which means that the federal government, they can't actually unilaterally ban the practice and they must work with individual provinces to enforce it. Yesterday, Ontario announced it will give sellers the option to opt out of blind bidding if they so choose. But Premier Doug Ford is firmly against banning the practice entirely, and it's unlikely that they will now. BC has also looked into removing blind bidding since 2017, but they really haven't done anything either. And here's why you should care. So the ban could help cool down housing prices even further than they already are. And to give you an update on how the Canadian housing market is doing, well, according to the Canadian Real Estate Association, the average sale price of a house dropped 3% between February and March, and 5.6% fewer houses were sold in this period. Now, these decreases were likely in response to the Bank of Canada's first key interest rate hike this year back in March. But despite the dip, Royal LePage still projected the aggregate price of a home in Canada to rise 15% year over year in 2022, suggesting interest rate hikes alone won't do the trick. And look, here's the bottom line. Blind bidding directly contributes to sales that are obscenely over asking prices, even millions in some cases. Now, banning it is not a fix-all, but keeping it could continue to disadvantage potential home buyers at a time when housing prices continue to rapidly outpace Canadian wages. For our second story, Netflix has reported that its earnings dropped last quarter, but it's hardly the only video streaming service struggling to attract new subscribers. Now, across the board, streaming platforms are facing several challenges, including higher content costs, increased competition, and user subscription fatigue. I certainly am tired for paying for the 20 different streaming services that I have to on a monthly basis. But now, 
Now these streaming platforms are looking to offer you a deal. Lower prices, which are really just their old prices, in exchange for showing you some ads. Per the New York Times, companies that once shunned ads are now warming up to the idea. Netflix's CFO, Spencer Newman, is not dismissing the possibility of a low-price ad subscription option. And for a reduced fee, Disney Plus will offer an ad-supported subscription later this year. HBO Max began showing ads on its service last summer for non-premium subscribers. Last week, Amazon doubled down on its free advertising-supported streaming services, renaming it, renaming it Freevee. That's not a great name. From IMDb TV, which is a worse name. And other streaming services like Hulu, Paramount Plus, and Peacock already offer ad-supported offerings. Rolling out ad-supported membership tier is an attractive option for platforms that are looking to offer low prices and enable fast subscriber growth in emerging markets where disposable income is generally lower than in Canada, like India, for instance. And anyone who's a subscriber to these services should understand why this matters. Streamers are under pressure to produce pandemic-like growth figures and see ads as a potential solution to do that. But whether viewers will actually pay more to opt out of commercial breaks during the new season of Better Call Saul, a great show, remains to be seen. And for our third story, ah, Coachella, the music festival, dubbed the Super Bowl of fashion for the who's who of influencing return this past weekend, giving fashion brands a boost after two years of stay-at-home chic, i.e. sweatpants, which I'm wearing right now. Now, as COVID restrictions become a thing of the past, big events are back, and they're back in a big, big way. At least according to fast fashion sites Boohoo, H&M, ASOS, and Nasty Gal, which saw a 173% boost in sales of festival fashion items compared to 2019. This is all per the business of fashion. Now, as we mentally recover from last weekend's social media takeover by, you saw it, self-tanned and sparkle-covered festival goers who care more about selfie lighting than the actual music performing on stage, we're also bracing for week two, which is fueled by brands trying to connect with their audiences. And this isn't just new fashion brands. It's also household brands like Hugo Boss and Levi's who also count on festivals to fuel sales and drive trends. They're also joined by, believe it or not, non-fashion companies like Meta that set up activations. Who needs to go to Coachella in person when you can go to Coachella in the metaverse? But no brand does festivals like Revolve, an online fashion retailer for young, mostly female shoppers that spend much of its marketing budget harnessing the power of social media hosting productions, and tapping influencers to drive Revolve's sales. Now, last weekend's invite only, I didn't get the invite, I don't know about you, but Revolve Festival welcomed countless famous guests, but despite looking perfect on social media, some attendees called it a disaster. I saw a video for myself, and people were just going in there, and, and they were just ripping stuff off the shelves and packing their bags, and some people took six, seven bags away from them. It, it looked pretty chaotic, but whatever they're doing, it is working. In 2021, the company reported profits of $126 million, up 76% from $72 million in 2020. And look, here's why it all matters. Music festivals are becoming less about the music, unfortunately, by the way. I, I love music festivals. I haven't been to one in a while, but they're a great time. But they're increasingly more about showcasing brands. Nowadays, attendees spend a good chunk of time in various lounges or brand experiences that promote sponsors and ultimately get you to, to buy things. Peak Pals, thanks for making us the most listened to and only daily Canadian business news podcast in the country. If you've got a second, why not follow this podcast on your app of choice and leave us a review, please. And if you want more Peak, make sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter at readthepeak.com. And as always, thanks to Dale Richardson and 306 Media Productions for putting together this great episode. Thank you, Dale. 
Jay, I can't wait till you're back and we'll see you tomorrow, pee pals.